Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, I'm going to be talking about some of the exit interviews given by Craig Berube and Doug Armstrong. Uh, got some news about Braden Shen's various injuries. Uh, got some updates on David Perron's potential re-signing with the St. Louis Blues. Updates on Vladimir Tarasenko. Jordan Binnington told his story regarding the Nazem Kadri water bottle incident. Lots to get into there. And then second half of the episode, I'm going to give my thoughts on the teams remaining in the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, and whether or not uh, the, the Tampa Bay Lightning will three-peat this year. So I'm going to give him my predictions for that. Busy episode. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman, and like I said, we got a busy episode for you guys today. Lots to talk about, lots to get into. Before I get into any of it, though, I want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you guys by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And I want to thank everyone out there who makes Locked On Blues your first listen because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. Now, before I get into the hockey talk, uh, this is a pretty notable episode. Uh, if you guys missed last episode, Monday's episode, um, Tommy is uh, stepping away from the podcast. He is no longer my co-host. I got full reins of the show now, only me. Uh, and this is kind of the first episode of that. Obviously, the content's going to be the same. Um, you know, I've done plenty of solo episodes in the past, so it's just going to be more of that. Uh, but the one thing I do want to say is it's going to be a little, probably the audio, it's going to be a little different. Uh, I'm not too familiar with audio editing. Tommy's been doing most of that. So as I learn the ropes and get a handle of that, the quality might dip a little bit before I get up to full speed. Uh, so please let me know, uh, shoot me a DM on Twitter or anything like that. If you notice any issues with the audio or anything like that, um, like I said, I'm learning the ropes. I'm doing my best, but again, I'm kind of learning on the fly as I go. So this episode especially is going to be my kind of my first attempt at uh, going through the audio and editing all of that. So um, definitely let me know if you guys notice anything, and I'll work on fixing it. Um, and also, you know, yeah, just, just let me know any feedback you might have. Um, I'm going to be, like I said, taking the show in a pretty similar direction um, to what I had with Tommy. But since it's just me, I'm probably going to be trying to get guests on here more often and and you know, just switching things up a little bit, keeping it fresh, because it's it's gonna be a little little interesting trying to sit here and talk to myself twenty minutes a day, five days a week. So uh, that being said, though, looking forward to doing so today because we have so much to talk about. Uh, Bruby and Armstrong uh, both gave their exit interviews along with Braden Shen, David Perron, all those guys, and there's so much to get into. The first thing I want to talk about is Braden Shen. Um, Braden Shen's a guy that had a disappointing regular season uh, especially there towards the end and then the playoffs he was pretty poor as well um he said it himself he's not trying to make excuses however he might have a pretty darn good excuse considering he had uh three different sets of broken ribs throughout the season that he was dealing with we know we knew of two of them i believe uh, i think he had one and then his brother gave him a cross check which kind of re-aggravated it that was a couple months ago in the regular season um and i guess there was another one mixed in there so he was clearly dealing with that throughout the playoffs, um, and then a torn oblique as well. So Braden Shen was just absolutely going through it, and 
I wouldn't be surprised if that's not the only injury Blues players we're dealing with, and we might just find out more in the coming days. But I mean, uh, from the perspective of Braden Shen, I mean, I, he's always been a streaky guy. Uh, I remember, I think it was the cup run where he went like nine or ten straight games without scoring a goal, and then, you know, scored one and literally did the monkey off his back celebration. Um, you know, so he's a guy that when he gets going, he, he plays well, he plays hot, but when he's not on his game, it's definitely noticeable. I think he was still making a lot of impacts, like he was throwing his body around a lot, making good physical plays, and definitely still a net positive out there, but would have liked to see more out of him offensively um, in that playoff push this year. And again, I, 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 I'd like to think that, you know, he wanted to do more, but at the same time, dealing with broken ribs, um, which first of all, just hurts like heck, but also probably makes it harder to catch your breath and harder to skate hard, all that sort of thing. Understandable. And then obviously a torn oblique is, is going to be extremely painful. Um, only so much you can do there. It's going to affect pretty much every aspect of your game. So... I'm not too concerned about Braden Shen's lack of production. I'm looking forward to seeing how he can bounce back uh, in the regular season, given a full off season to rest and recover from those injuries. Um, because he, like I've been talking about, he was very banged up, and um, being able to, you know, get him back to 100%, get him back to full strength, is going to do wonders for this team. Um, and I'm sure he's hungry to to produce as well. I think he's definitely disappointed with how the regular season went and also how the playoffs went. He said it himself. He said something like, I have to produce more. No excuses, regardless of how injured I am, whatever, what have you. So he's definitely a guy that I think is going to have a bounce back next season. Um, And, you know, getting fully healthy is going to be huge for him. He's been an impact player for this team consistently when he's fully healthy. Um, Great goal scorer, uh, great physical player. And I expect more of the same out of him next season. Now, uh, in this second segment, I'll be talking about some guys that are going to be, going to be potentially, most likely, returning next season. Uh, I'm talking about David Perron, talking about Vladimir Tarasenko, talking about Jordan Bennington, um, talking about Cal Rosen as well, because he signed a contract uh, extension with the St. Louis Blues earlier today. Uh, so I'm going to be getting into all that before getting into my picks for the Stanley Cup, uh, who's going to come out of the Western Conference, who's going to come out of the Eastern Conference, all that fun stuff. But before I get into any of that, if you guys have a hot take on who's going to come out of either conference. Maybe you think the Rangers are going to upset the Lightning. Maybe you think the Edmonton Oilers are going to win the Stanley Cup. Or maybe you think the Lightning are going to three-peat. Either way, if you want to put your money where your mouth is, check out Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to their website today, betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online where the game starts and i'll be right back with the second half of today's episode okay so let's 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 start this segment with some more of the jordan binnington drama talk um he gave his his postseason you know whatever end of season press conference and he talked about the nazim kadri incident um and he had a couple points that i wanted to touch on first of all I just want to go over the the main quotable line where he says he felt like being able to throw the the water bottle at Nazem Kadri is a god given opportunity. That's just funny. That's just a funny quote. Everyone's up in arms like, oh, he's so childish, so immature. What the heck is wrong with this guy? And like, you know what? Is it a little immature and childish? Yeah. Is it funny? Yeah. Like. How mad can you be? It was harmless. Obviously, like I said, it sets a dangerous precedent, and like you don't want to see that you know trend continue. You don't want to see it snowball to something worse. But at the end of the day, it's Jordan Bennington being Jordan Bennington. Love him or hate him, 
he's got a side of him that is a little a little bit of a sore loser a little bit of a overly competitive player and we've seen it in the past when he starts his fake fights or you know swings his stick at guys whatever it may be he's clearly shown that he's got a little bit of brad marchand in him um when it comes to trying to be like an instigator and you know, obviously, if you're a fan of one of the th- any of the 31 other teams in the NHL, you're not going to love it. But uh, as a Blues fan, it, it kind of just makes you chuckle. Um, he has yet to, you know, really do something that is concerning. He hasn't, you know, gone after anybody. He hasn't hurt anybody. He hasn't pulled off anything dirty. It's just consistently been these like brad marchand ask i'm not gonna i'm not gonna break the rules directly but i'm gonna i'm gonna pull some stuff that's gonna be on espn for the next few days um and any team needs something like that you know it it fires the team up and unfortunately you know the team wasn't able to completely rally around him as a result but i mean he's got a strong personality and that strong personality is probably what gave him the confidence to lead the blues to a stanley cup um in 2019 and you know, I would much prefer uh, a Jordan Bennington that, you know, gets riled up and, and swings sticks and fake punches people than a reserved quiet goalie that doubts himself and isn't confident because I think he, he relies on that, that personality and relies on that confidence to propel him. And that being said, you know, I think he's so frustrated with the way that his season ended. He talked about that and he even said he doesn't think Nazem Kadri was trying to hurt him or anything like that he called he himself Jordan himself said it was just an unfortunate play they're both going to the net hard um him and uh Rosen and like you know there's really nothing you can do in that situation and I have a lot of I give a lot of props to him for that it would have been really easy for him to come out and say yeah Nas is a dirty player he has a history in this league and he has a history of hurting guys on our team you know I was pissed that he did that no he he came out and told it like it is he said you know what it's an unfortunate play um I was frustrated I couldn't find the recycling bin which hilarious again um and he threw a water bottle at him not not because not even because he thought Nazem Kadri was a super dirty player and was out to get him just because he was pissed that he got injured and you know what that, that's understandable uh, if, if I'm if I got my knee blown out by a player on another team and I'm walking down the hallway with a water bottle, I mean, hey, you never know. You might 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 give it a little, little toss. Uh, jokes aside, though, like it, it was a, it was a very level-headed response from Bennington, and unfortunately, you know, the media is not going to talk about that. The media is just going to run with the whole oh, Jordan Bennington's immature, he's childish. Uh, can't believe he called it a god-given opportunity, and they're going to completely ignore the part when he said, "Yeah, I don't think Nas was out to get me. I don't think he was pulling anything dirty. I think it was just an unfortunate play with two guys going to the net hard." No, you're not going to see that in any headlines or anything like that. The only thing people are going to be talking about is this stupid water bottle incident that snowballed out of control and got way bigger than it needed to be. Um, but whatever. I'm I'm I was very impressed with Jordan Winnington's comments. Uh, knowing him. Again, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if she went out there and, and doubled down on the Kadri thing and just said, like, oh, yeah, it was a dirty play. He's a dirty player. Um, you know, I think he had no problem taking me out of the game. He didn't say that. He could have, but he didn't. He he said, yeah, you know, he, he plays hard. He plays physical, and it led to an unfortunate result. So, I mean, all things considered, I don't think you can be too upset with the way that it turned out. Obviously, like I said, you're going to be seeing this in the media. You're going to be hearing about this every single time that Nazem Kadri goes against the St. Louis Blues until the end of time. Um, and don't need to get into it, but the, the, the events that followed with Kadri obviously are extremely disappointing, disheartening, whatever. But that being said, it sounds like Jordan Bennington is, you know, moving past it um, and isn't really going to hold too much ill will. Obviously, I think, 
you know, next season, uh, Nazem Kadri's going down on a breakaway. Bennington's going to be a little extra motivated to make the save, of course. Um, and hey, like I said, he plays off of that emotion well. So I expect Bennington to to really thrive off of those if Kadri stays with the Abs or wherever he goes to really thrive off of those matchups in in uh, seasons to come. And that being said, though, uh, speaking of seasons to come, there are going to be some Blues players that are questionable whether or not they're going to be here. First guy, want to cover quickly, Kale Rosen. Uh, got signed to a two-year, two-way extension. Look, he wasn't great. Um, I don't think that anyone's going to argue that. But that being said, he was probably playing a little bit over his head. He showed flashes of being a pretty good defenseman. I think he he would be a good guy to sort of have in that extra defenseman role, maybe like that eighth defenseman role, you know. In a similar role to where he was this year, where if you deal with a lot of injuries or whatever, um, you bring Rosen up. He definitely played more than he should have. Uh, this season, like I think he was used in a role that was bigger than what the team expected of him, and I think that's evident uh, considering the fact that they gave him a two-way contract, you know, expecting him to spend a majority of his time in the AHL. Uh, so I don't think you can really fault Rosen for his play this year. He was never really brought in to be, you know, a top four defenseman um, or even a top six defenseman consistently, and he definitely had his moments where he struggled. Um, and, and, you know, you, you can definitely look at some, some goals that were scored against the Blues and say, man, if, if Rosen was in better position or if he didn't turn the puck over or whatever, you know, they would have, they would have, whatever. I, he's not the reason why they got eliminated in the playoffs. He wasn't great um, by far, but, you know, he's a serviceable defenseman. He'll be good to have down there for depth um, in the AHL, and I'm happy with that. Moving on to another guy uh, a lot of rumors about is Vladimir Tarasenko now. Tommy and I both talked about that maybe it's time to sort of trim some of the fat off of this forward or defensive group, and one guy that would make, unfortunately, some sense to do that with is Vladimir Tarasenko. He obviously, like we all know, uh, requested a trade last offseason, obviously didn't happen, Um, had a pretty strong regular season, Uh, inconsistent playoffs, but you know he was big for the Blues when when they needed him to be. Uh, He sparked that comeback uh, against Colorado in Game 4. Five. yeah in game five um and obviously had that hat trick in one period against the minnesota wild so he's still a guy that could be a superstar on this team he's still a guy that can drive the play when he's engaged um didn't have the best postseason outside of those those moments but still you know he's a guy that has been the face of this team or one of the faces of this team for a long time and i believe the quote from doug armstrong was we're not worried about vladdy for next year so it sounds like there is no you know trade request that's being brought up and Obviously, it doesn't sound like they're exploring any sort of trade or anything with him. So, as of right now, I expect Vladimir Tarasenko to be back in a Blues jersey next season. Um, obviously, after that, with his contract expiring, who knows? But um, looks like he'll be back next year. The final guy that I want to talk about in this segment is David Perron. David Perron is a UFA this year. Um, however, it seems pretty apparent that there is mutual interest from both sides to have him come back and play for the Blues. I think that's a no-brainer. You know, he's left and come back here three separate times, two separate times, something like that. Um, and still like is, is up there on a lot of different leaderboards in blues history, uh, especially come playoffs. He was the blues best player in the playoffs this season. Um, at least offensively, uh, great veteran presence plays his heart out all the time. Um, probably at this rate, will retire a member of the St. Louis blues as he should. Uh, and it looks like, again, he'll be back next season. I expect him to be at a discounted rate, which to be fair, he was making $4 million this year, which is probably, less than he you know, deserved considering how much he produced offensively, especially in the playoffs. But that being said, I expect him to come back for a little bit less money. He is getting up there in age um, in his mid-30s. So I would expect maybe like a two-year deal around 
two three million ish or maybe around that four million that he's making now um should be a great great guy to bring back in the locker room like i said huge locker room guy uh, but also just great on the ice as well so yeah david perron all signs are pointing to him being back with the st louis blues next season that being said though uh that is it for blues talk in this third and final segment coming up i'm gonna be talking about the conference finals games including the wild game last night between the edmonton oilers and uh colorado avalanche where no teams or neither team was playing any sort of defense and then tonight's game between the new york rangers and tampa bay lightning so i'll be giving my thoughts on both of those series when i come back make sure you stay tuned all right so let's start out west with the team that defeated the St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche. I think what was the final score? Seven four, seven five. I think it was. Let's let's check real quick. Let's let's get some real time. Eight to six. Okay. Eight to six. Um, we saw four different goalies in the game. Uh, Mike Smith got pulled due to being bad, and um, Darcy Kemper uh, had some sort of upper body injury that he dealt with. So friend, 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 cool, friend, 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 Pavel. Pavel F. <laughs> I'm not going to get that last name, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, backup goalie for Colorado played. He played all right. Three goals allowed on 21 shots. Um, but the thing that I want to talk about is Nico Koskinen. Now, Mike Smith, atrocious for the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs. Um, Connor McDavid has pretty much will and Leon Draisaitl have willed them to the Western Conference Finals. Mike Smith has tried his hardest to <laughs> get them to lose games, um, and he did so last night. He allowed a lot of goals. He allowed a lot of backbreaking goals. Like Colorado would score. I think Colorado tied it up at one point. Um, yeah, right at the end of the first, Colorado tied it up with like twenty seconds left, and then they gave up a goal to Kale McCarr nine seconds later. Now, but that's not necessarily Mike Smith's fault. Kale McCarr went barred down. It was a crazy nice goal, but still, it's like it's goals like that. That really can take you out of a series um, and take you out of a game. Like, again, they tied it up again. Or no, they, they got within one again. In the second. I, I'm looking at this. Like, this this goals list is, is ridiculous. You got you got so many different goals scored. I mean, you know, 8 to 6, 14 goals in a game is, is almost, almost, I would say, unheard of for the playoffs. But we did have a 15-goal game a few weeks ago, 9 to 6. So this series is going to be crazy. Um, besides Tampa, because Tampa is probably the – the best offense defense and goaltending in the entire league but i mean two of the highest powered offenses definitely the two highest powered offenses in the west with the blues coming in at a close third um in the avalanche and the oilers and we saw it on display last night uh eight to six final score um but miko koskinen was really good for the oilers once he came in he only allowed one goal which i mean all things considered the way that the game went is very impressive um, he did get the loss, which is a little unfortunate for him because he allowed one of the eight goals that the Avalanche scored. But still, I mean, who knows if um, if the if the Avs or if the Oilers can get better goaltending, they could very well make them make their stand, uh, a Stanley Cup this year. Um, now that being said, you know which of these teams is going to have the pleasure of losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning is the common consensus, and I honestly that that's a consensus that makes sense. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are an absolute wagon. But that being said, you know, a team that can score six goals in a playoff game or eight if you're the Colorado Avalanche, you know, you can't you can't sleep on that. Like, yeah, Andre Vasilevsky might be the best hockey player on the planet right now. Uh, the Lightning defense is great. Their offense is even better. But still, you know, the, the, these teams have very high-powered offenses, and Colorado proved in the series against St. Louis that they can play solid defense when they, when they need to. The only question that I have there is their goaltending. I think Darcy Kemper got 
pretty exposed in that blue series. I called him elite before the series, and I regret that immensely. Um, I thought it was a little bit different than the, the Grubauer situation where Grubauer was just playing well because the team in front of him was playing well. I thought Darcy Camper was a little bit better than that. Um, he wasn't, at least in that series. Uh, he, he was pretty exposed. Uh, like I said, he was probably the worst goalie in the series, even including Villiuso. So, I mean, <clears throat> if the Oilers, I mean, or if the Avalanche can get consistent goaltending out of either one of their goaltenders, I think that they have a shot, but you can't be allowing six goals in a game um, if you want to win a Stanley Cup. So, I mean, it's what they need. They need consistent goaltending. I'm not convinced that they're going to get it. On the other hand, the Edmonton Oilers probably need the same thing. Uh, Mike Smith, I don't think is that guy. I don't think Mike Smith can win you a Stanley Cup. Um, but who knows? You know, with Connor McDavid, anything is possible. Uh, he he had some big goals, or had at least one big goal in that game. Let's see. Yeah, he had one goal to kind of cut it close um, in the second period there. So you know, anything's possible when you have a guy like Connor McDavid on your team. Um, but you know, it, it's going to be a good series. Uh, I'm interested to see if the offense kind of calms down for both of these teams and we see a little bit more of a, of what we saw in the Blue Series where the games aren't as lops or aren't as high scoring. You know, obviously it's still offensively dominated, but the defense shows up when they need to. And if, if Colorado or Edmonton can get in touch with their defense as well as their offense, they're going to be a sneaky team. Um, that being said, though, I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning are freaking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I haven't even mentioned the New York Rangers yet. I would love to see the New York Rangers make some noise. They have probably the second best, not probably, they definitely have the second best goaltender remaining in the playoffs in Igor Shosturkin. It just so happens that they're matched up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have won two Stanley Cups in a row and look like they're poised to win their third. Um, it's going to be tough for the New York Rangers, but they've made it this far. Um, they faced some adversity uh, against the Carolina Hurricanes in their last round and really buckled down and played well after that. They kind of look like a tradi- the, 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 the New York Rangers probably look like the most traditional, you know, Stanley Cup winning team like from years past. Like besides the Lightning, who are just super teams. Like if you look back to the St. Louis Cup or the Washington Capitals Cup, the New York Rangers kind of have that uh, going for them right now. They're 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 a good regular season team, and then they've kind of just scratched and clawed their way through the playoffs and had some adversity and had some tough times. Um, but yet find themselves in the conference finals. And, you know, like I said, in years past, that would probably traditionally be the recipe for success. You're getting hot at the right time. You're playing well. You know, you're getting good goaltending. You're getting good offense, and you're getting good defense. However, you're running into the Tampa Bay Lightning this year, which, you know, you can only do so much. You can only play so well. you got to play probably, you know, seven games of perfect hockey if you're going to beat the Lightning. I would expect this series to go seven if the Rangers are going to win it. Um... Obviously, my money is on the Lightning. You can't bet against them. I feel like, you know, I, I was saying at the beginning of the year, like, I don't know if the Lightning have it in them to go, you know, back to back to back. Um, the the fatigue is going to set in. You know, you've essentially played a whole extra regular season almost at this point in terms of playoff games. Um, but that being said, you know, they're still here and they've looked incredible uh, on their way here. Obviously, they went to seven against Toronto in the first round, but that's because it's Toronto and they're pretty much guaranteed to go seven games in the first round every year until the sun explodes um and then you know round two they allowed freaking three goals all series against one of the best teams in the league in the florida panthers so like it it really looks like the lightning are unstoppable once again um but who knows you know maybe the rangers can give them a run for their money i think the rangers are a really good team and like i said in any other year where they're not up against the tampa bay lightning i would honestly pencil them in as the stanley cup favorite um 
just based on what I've seen out of Colorado's defense, I don't know if that's sustainable to win a Stanley Cup. But who knows? You know, with the offense that Colorado and Edmonton are playing, um, who anything can happen. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. That being said, that is all the time I have for you guys today. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Um, hit that subscribe button on YouTube and hit that notification bell. That way, whenever we upload a new episode to YouTube, you'll be the first to know. Leave us a comment. Or I guess leave me a comment. I keep saying us. I miss you, Tommy. <laughs> uh, leave a comment. I'll try to interact with those um, as much as I can. I'm getting a lot more comments lately, which is awesome, but also making it a little bit harder for me to respond to them all. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. You can follow all of Locked On Blues on socials, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked On Blues. That being said, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues. <laughs>